listening to the best of the Armstrong and Getty Show. Featuring our podcast, One More Thing. Get more info at armstrongandgetty.com. So I've been looking at this uh, in-depth CBS News 48 Hours uh, look into whether Carol Baskin killed her husband. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's pretty compelling. That she did? Yeah, I mean, we could get into that. Um, but there's a, a whale of a circumstantial case. Or we could talk about these fighter pilots who are now talking about the day when they tracked that uh, UFO on their uh, radar. The one guy saying it committed an act of war. The UFO did? It did, yeah. Yeah. So, which is intentionally more dramatic than it turns out to be. It's a great tease, though, isn't it? It is. So I'll stay tuned to this podcast. Do you want Carol Baskin or the, the uh, fighter pilot? You've read through the evidence and you think... Well, they interview everybody involved. You ever watched 48 Hours? It's, it's this episode or the show in general? In general. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's, you know, it's a little sensationalistic, but it's oh, yeah. incredibly thorough. Yeah. Yeah. These shows, 2020, 20, 48 hours, they're not known for getting things wrong. Right. So this gal who used to be, uh, what, Don Lewis was Carol Baskin's husband. Okay. Don. Again, as we set up on the show, she was a runaway or whatever, early 20s or a teenager or whatever she was. Well, she's a teenager. She's already married. She's just walking down the road in the middle of the night, and he stops and picks her up. So that's how their relationship started. Yeah, she was walking down the road crying, I think, because her, her husband is cheating on her. And a guy who is on his way to cheat on his wife picks her up. Yeah. And they go to a motel and <laughs> make the beast with two backs. Anyway, <laughs> what? yada, 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 how he's many, tiger food. How many uh, backs does a beast need? Anyway, um, so this gal who was his uh, bookkeeper and business partner in some ways, um, we'll pick up the story there. <clears throat> Did I tell you about the girl I picked up walking alongside the road? Have I ever told that story? That's not the girl with the uh, bag full of pills, was it? No, completely different story. Yeah, okay. No, I don't recall. I'm driving home on the interstate for relatively late at night. Approximate year? 20 years ago. Okay. Something like that. I don't know. Long time ago. Um, and I see, uh, I see a person walking along the interstate and there's, there's, um, uh, like a bridge area or whatever. I mean, there's not much shoulder and there's not, you know, it's not like there's a ditch or whatever. And I see a person walk along as I get closer. It looks to me like it's like a, uh, a young girl walking alongside the road mm-hmm. with traffic in the dark, just yeah, going Ooh, by and everything like that. Terrible. And then I and then I thought, what the hell? I mean, because this is a place where there aren't people around. This yeah. is out in the um, long stretch of no town or whatever. And and she was kind of waving her arm like that, and then just people were zipping by. And I, I so I pulled over and I thought, this is a child alongside the road. Mm. Well, I back up. I have no idea how old she was, but she was certainly a grown-up. I'm guessing 19, 20, something like that. She mm-hmm. she was very uh, small and looked well, like might a child. Might have been Carol Baskin. And I said, uh, I saw you waving. Are you okay? And she said, yeah, my boyfriend beat me up. Or uh, I forget what the story was. It was, some, it was some terrible story. But I realized right away this is not a child. Yeah. This is a grown woman walking alongside the road. Yeah. Now I'm not really as interested in picking her up or I'm just wondering what's going on. Yeah, you know, yeah. Women you walking can sense the crazy. Yeah, I can sense all kinds of things. Anyway, yeah. she gets in my car and uh, she said, if you drive me to San Francisco, I will blank your blank. Oh, boy. 
That's the first thing she says. To Whoa, her. golly. She Paint your house? Exactly. If you're driving rotate to San Francisco, your tires. I will rotate your tires. Groom your dog. I said, how about I just drop you off the first exit where there's like a convenience store or something. You can call somebody or do whatever you got to do. Yeah. And then she just keeps, uh, she, she, I think she reached over at one point and put her hand on my leg, but she kept, you know, telling me these things she was going to do for me if I drive her to San Francisco. Wow. I thought, I don't want him. I have no idea what's going on here. So I'm coming back home from San Francisco. <laughs> <laughs> As the old Joe goes, um, I'm assuming that you were not in, say, Oakland when this took place. No, 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 no. I was, I was a good, yeah, hour drive from there. Yeah, okay. And I wouldn't anyway. I mean, I just, I, I, I but had, she was going to rotate your tires. I clearly was about to get pulled into some sort of well, like. Tires aren't going to rotate themselves. That's Joe. a good way to end the day. No, I dropped Relaxes off. You before you I dropped off the first exit. I just said good luck and you know whatever. Took off with your tires unrotated. Yeah, <laughs> just I didn't. I didn't want to be pulled into that in yeah. any way whatsoever. I mean, there's no telling. What, what? Just no telling. Yeah, just like a flashing chaos neon sign, just blinking. Oh, yeah. And I don't know if there's a you know an angry boyfriend looking for her or a drug cartel, or she just murdered somebody, or, or she, yeah, she made up the whole thing. Who knows? Or, or, yeah, who knows what? Yeah, I think we've both. Or, so, or, or she's gonna say I raped her, or who knows oh, what's gonna happen? Lord. Yeah, I think we've both bumped up uh, against enough highly questionable people to recognize the type. Well, yeah, there will it's... be a terrible outcome for somebody, and it might be me. That, you know, those, there's been a few of those in my life. It's like the woman that offered me to come to her house when I was in Long Island. Yeah. Remember at the convenience store in yeah, the middle of the night? You're a fool to pass that one up. There have been a few of those in my life where that was the exit ramp to a completely different life, probably horrible, mm. that, you know, is a, is a very long story. That or ends the in, grave. Or the grave that ends up in death or jail or whatever that yeah. I that I took a pass on. And I'm, you only need I'm happy, one kidney, really. <laughs> and I'm happy for the choice I made. Well, either that or you're just drifting through life afraid of adventure. I've never thought, oh, I wish I'd have checked in. No, no, I've never thought that. Not even one time. <laughs> oh, my God. You're a life drifter. Anyway, so in this case, this dude's driving down the road, and he sees a similar sort of situation, gives Carol Baskin a ride, and takes her to a hotel and has sex with her. Right. And his life turned out fine wherever he is. <laughs> <laughs> so you got this gal, Anne, who is his bookkeeper, business partner, protege, etc., um, and says in the days before he went missing, uh, this Don Lewis was planning to go to Costa Rica to sell some used cars and trucks. She says he was supposed to go and get me some VIN numbers and supposed to call me back, but he didn't. And the reporter says, was that like him? I mean, did he do that frequently? She says, no, Don and I spoke on a daily basis. Finally, I reached Carol. I kind of asked her if she knew where her husband was. And her answer to me was no, that she hadn't seen him since the day before. And she asked me if I thought she should call the police. And I think I made a smart aleck remark and said something like, you think? Yeah, you need to do that. There were some not-so-subtle signs there were problems in the marriage. Um, A cryptic warning somebody got not to be alone with Carol. Don's daughter said, yeah, he thought she was crazy and he didn't like the way she spent money. They were fighting about what to do with the animals. He wanted to breed them and sell them. She wanted to keep them and make it a sanctuary. Um, Don had also reportedly been having affairs and talked about getting a divorce. And if he had gone through with it, it could have been costly, says his lawyer, Joseph Fritz, who I remember from Tiger King. So she would have lost a considerable amount of money. Oh, yeah, millions. That's considerable. 
Yeah. If I recall, when she got in the car with him, he had a gun on the seat. Yeah, he uh, he offered, hey, I've got this gun. You, If you're worried about it, you can hold on to this gun while we talk to make you feel safe. My only point with that being the kind of guy who drives around with a gun on the seat, who picks up runaways walking down the road whilst having multiple affairs. <clears throat> There's right. lots of ways he could have ended up dead. So my final bit of evidence, unless you want to talk about this more, is um, they made a lot of money together. But after Don disappeared, this Anne McQueen gal, the bookkeeper, said she remembered a sealed envelope he'd given her two months earlier. He came to the office, and he was agitated, and he gave me an envelope, and he said, take this, keep it in a safe place. He either said, take it to the police, or you'll know what to do with it if anything ever happens. I took it home. I didn't think anything about it. But after Don went missing, she remembered and opened the envelope. It was Don asking the judge for a restraining order against Carol. Just months before he disappeared, Don tried unsuccessfully to get a restraining order against Carol, telling the judge, Carol has gotten angry enough to threaten to kill me. She has a forty-five, and she took my three fifty-seven. I'd say that's a pretty good circumstantial that's case. pretty significant. That's enough for the detectives to really focus on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She fed him to tigers. They snack him. So... Can't convince me that it didn't happen. Why did? Why was? How did she get into the beef with Joe Exotic uh, over she, in Oklahoma? Because she is a tiger conservationist, and the she was anti the whole cubbing and like renting out of tigers industry. She doesn't give a crap about the well being of tigers. But no, probably um, not. But, well, but, I don't know. But her, her beef a, with her husband, who she killed, was that she wanted to make it a sanctuary, and he wanted to breed them. Yeah, you know, she had she had that weird cult thing she was running there though with the people who would work there and earn the different colored T shirts and all those they all idolize her places and, seem to be cults. Yeah, I mean there's something. I mean she might care about tigers, but she has all kinds of weird things going on with. I don't know what she's doing. Oh yeah, but so she just didn't want the competitor she, out there. Well, she was a vocal proponent of introducing restrictions against the the likes of Joe Exotic. And, and she would bring heat down on him. Yes, yes. Yeah, she would bring Wildlife Authority heat and on him. She was trying constantly. to drive him out of business. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And then he hired some meth head to kill her. How'd that <laughs> he go? He just wandered off. <laughs> I went out to kill him. But then I got a killer. But then I got a 12 pack of beer and a, I don't remember what happened. <laughs> God dang it, that's a lifestyle. Check out the great new swag like the new masks at armstrongandgetty.com. You're listening to the best of the Armstrong and Getty Show. You're listening to the best of the Armstrong and Getty Show. Featuring our podcast, One More Thing. Get more info at armstrongandgetty.com. Have you been to any of the sports hall of fames, halls of fames? I I have not, not, sir. Halls of fame, there you go. Yes. Uh, yeah. I've been to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, but yeah. none of the sports ones. And I was disappointed. Um, uh, it was fine. Canton, Ohio for your football, Cooperstown for your baseball, and Springfield, Mass for your b- basketball. Is that right? I believe that's right. Yeah. Um, have you been to any of them, Sean? I have not. Yeah. Since I was a little kid, I've always wanted to. How have I never been? I've got to make that a priority because I can't take my kids because they've never watched any of these sports on television. I have no interest in it. It doesn't right. mean anything to them. <laughs> Just a boring museum to yeah, them. exactly. Sean and I were talking about this, I think it was the end of last week off the air, that um, I still vividly remember an argument I had with a good buddy of mine over the Cubs' third baseman in 1970. I mean, we were, we were single digits old, but we were both huge baseball fans, knew all the, all the players on the Cubs, and we're arguing about Bill Madlock. And I still remember it because my friend Dave insisted on saying Bill Madelak. And I said, no, John Madelak is a pitcher for the Pirates. Bill Madlock is our third baseman, you ninny. 
Anyway. Jack wagon. Eat jack wagon. But I remember that. We we're huge fans. All of us were. But cultures change. Yeah. Some kids still are like Hanson's son is a sports fan and watch sports with him. Ah, that's but... cool. That's nice. That's nice, Hanson. Yeah, and I would like it if my kids did, but they just have no interest and in, neither do any of his friends. I mean, none of his friends, not like his friends are wearing Dodgers gear or uh, or 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 49ers hats or anything like that and talking about the games and he feels like left out. No. Well, your son is also more of like the X Games sort of stuff, right? Yeah. He like skateboards and goes yeah. to the skate. Yeah. So are yeah. they aware of, I don't know what like the modern equivalent of like a Tony Hawk would be. Do, do they talk about those sort of quote unquote athletes? He does know some of those names. Right, he certainly right. knows more of those names than he knows any. Oh, skateboarding drug athlete, drug addicts are no athletes. Are you kidding me? <laughs> you it doesn't do take any skill to <laughs> just roll down a hill on those things. Stupid. Those skateboarders at the skateboard park are the best athletes in the town. And they're apparently impervious to pain. That's Come on. <laughs> you're, you're bleeding, you see. Eh, yeah. <laughs> Almost stuck the landing, though. Yeah, yeah. A couple, two, three more tries, a couple, two, three more lacerations. I'll better get it. I go to the skateboard park at least once a week, take my son there, and we were there recently, and there's this guy, and he is probably 30 years old. Um... Uh, shirtless, very tattooed dude, and he was alone at the skateboard park. But anyway, he had taken the trash can. This is what they all do. It's part of the culture. They take the trash can, they dump the trash out on the ground, and then they put the trash can there on the skateboard park, and then they come down this big hill and they jump over it. But I watched that several times in a row, and there is I can't possibly mm. understand the physics of what makes the skateboard stay under your on the bottom of your shoes. As you go in the air and then come down. It's Harry Potter stuff. There's a spell. <laughs> it's an incantation, really. <laughs> Technically really, speaking. It really almost has to be. I know. I know. I'm flabbergasted there's, myself. There's nothing that would make the skateboard stay on the bottom of your feet. <laughs> I just can't figure out this <laughs> how it possibly even works. Yeah. And then uh, what's it like? Okay, once you can do it and you can clear the garbage can and land and skateboard off, okay. But before you could do it, what's the building up to that? You either can or you can't. Little bathroom trash can. But when you couldn't, do you end up in the hospital for like six months in traction and then go back and try again? (laughs) Well, sometimes. But, uh, Jack, that moment when you clear the trash can, you know no trash can can ever stand in your way in life again. (laughs) So you've really accomplished something. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I ought to go down to the skateboard park and just appreciate the artistry and stuff. Oh, I'll watch videos online. If you're stuff. ever in L.A., go to Venice Beach and watch them do it at that big park that's famous in all the movies. Somebody's just freaking amazing. Somebody who knows what they're doing on a half pipe is yeah. awe-inspiring. Oh, yeah. And again, how do you do that the first time? I don't know. I'd really, <laughs> I'd really rather go uh, and watch the guys lift weights, <laughs> oil themselves and lift weights. Those... Not, not that I'm gay or anything. Eh, maybe a little gay. Those uh, big, pretty gay. <laughs> those really deep skateboard bowls. I stand at the edge of them, and then they make me a little woozy just standing there. Yeah, and no, I thank don't you. think for I can't imagine the amount of money it would take to get me to try to go down on <laughs> the skateboard. I just, <laughs> I look down in there and think, what the hell? No, I'd go with the panic bail. I would bail halfway down just so I didn't crack up worse than I know I'm going to crack up by intentionally cracking up. I, yeah, that's fabulous. I admire guys like that. And they dive down in there, and they come up the other side, and then they kind of rest under for just like a half second, and then they yeah. go back down, and it's just, whatever. The BMX uh, bike guys are like that, too. How did you, why did you, how do you not crush your testicles every <laughs> single time? I mean, obviously, as, as you point out with the leaping over the trash can, you didn't do that successfully the first time you tried. In fact, I'm guessing it took you 20 or 30 tries before you pulled it off. 
And how do you still have a prostate? I don't. <laughs> it's amazing. You guys, they jump up, they twirl the bike under them, then they land under them. What? There was a guy. How are your, how's your undercarriage? It's got to be bruised all <laughs> the hell. Your undercarriage. There was a guy at the skateboard park who was roughly my age, and he, um, he had on knee pads, wrist guards, elbow guards, a yeah. helmet. He had everything. And, man, he stretched. I don't know how long he stretched because I wanted to kind of watch him skateboard, but we left before he was done. He'd been stretching for 15 minutes. So. Yeah. So now That's it's not just smart. Yeah, I'm sure it is. But I now, do a similar thing at the ski slopes. I, I don't actually ski. I just take a long time putting the boots and stuff on. I'm <laughs> hanging out in the lodge mostly. Just no. When we went snowboarding last winter, with my son, I was so winded after I got my boots and then board strapped to me <laughs> from bending over and trying to strap the thing. I was That's like hilarious. sweating and <sighs> putting on the clothes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Breathing hard, just sweat pouring on me. Oh, I don't know if I can do this or not. It's <laughs> a good day of uh, snowboarding, kids. <laughs> I'm going to need a shower because I'm really wet. Dad, we're still in the dressing room. <laughs> well, you gotta, you don't want to overdo it. Where's my icy hot? The best masks I've seen, and they say Armstrong and Getty on them. You can get one at armstrongandgetty.com. This is the best of Armstrong and Getty. What is the problem? I've never seen anything like this. This is when you guys are supposed to cheer. Please clap. Are you serious? <laughs> You're listening to the best of the Armstrong and Getty Show. Featuring our podcast, One More Thing. Available everywhere podcasts are given away because we're stupid. The first Trump-Biden debate was last night. If you're listening to this in the future during the third term of the Trump presidency, this is the year 2020. <laughs> um, You remember the COVID? That was wild. When COVID-21 showed up, though. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, it made COVID-19 look like a... Never mind. <laughs> but so Brian Williams, when he came on the air on MSNBC <laughs> last night, he said, to quote, no country from old men, if this wasn't the mess, it'll do until the mess shows up. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> Which is a great line that from Tommy line. Lee Jones. Yeah. This is a mess, isn't it? If this wasn't the mess, it'll do till the mess shows up. <laughs> oh, boy. And so I was just singing... Again, the lamest topic ever. But that is in my top couple of movies of all time. Yes. Yeah. Just off the top of your head. Don't need to go crazy on this. Oh. Just off the top of your head. Couple of the favorite movies of all time. I need a palate cleanser. I need to get my brain into I this space. You. It's so far from talking about the debate. But mm. No Country from Old Men is actually in my... It's certainly in my top ten. I don't know if I. it's top three or whatever, but... It's a that masterpiece. Is a, that's a freaking great movie. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It is. It helped when somebody explained the title to me. I don't. I don't know what it means. I don't think. Essentially, the world moves on, and you were on top of it. Then you realize you're oh, not anymore. That, that's kind of what I took from it. I read yeah. the book, the Cormac McCarthy book, before I saw you're the movie. Better than us. Yeah, I'm. I'm, uh, I'm not. Hey, you know what I liked about the movie? Fewer words, <laughs> <laughs> more pictures. Yeah, it's just. Yeah, it's just kind of you know things move on and. Uh, yeah. Whether you whether you finish this project or not doesn't make any difference. The world is going to continue. Right, exactly. Yeah. Uh, well, I've said many and times. And evil's always been around, and good's always been around, and people are going to have kids, and terrible things are going to happen. Too many themes. But it's just going to keep going, whether you, you know, chase this guy down or not. 
You know, they they did a hell of a job with uh, The Road, speaking of Cormac McCarthy books, with uh, with uh, the, the Strider, the uh, the king of the Lord of the Rings, and some poor little kid. They made a movie out of that? Yeah. I didn't even know they made a movie it out of that. It was pretty road. good. Oh, really? I mean, that's not an easy movie to make. No. Um, Vigo Mortensen, that's right. Right. Also known as... Uh, what was his name in the uh, Hobbit movie? Aragorn, I believe. Aragorn. That's right, of course. Yeah. Way to go. Way to geek out on us, Sean. Just when we needed you most, you were there. Oh, <laughs> uh, that was super duper. Uh, you know, I've often cited uh, Unforgiven is my favorite movie. Oh, Clint that's, Eastwood. That's, that's a good one. Good answer. Um, yeah. It's, it's, uh, it's speaking of themes about time moving on and you realizing you weren't who you were and you're maybe not even who you want to be and is, uh, can you not be you for a little while, but then get drawn back into being you? It's it's more than a movie about cowboys and whores. And uh, hogs with diseases. Oh, diseased hogs. Yeah, the <laughs> opening scene. I mean, if you are a fan of movies about diseased hogs, the opening scene is for yeah, the, you. Then you already know about this movie. We don't need to tell you. Yeah. Well, right. Yeah. Sure, they, they, uh, they show it every year at the diseased hog convention. Oh, yeah, you're flipping through. You come across, hey, honey. The Hogs Have the Fever movie is on. Have they separated them yet? <laughs> They're in the middle of it. <laughs> uh, if you haven't seen the movie, I suggest you watch it on some sort of channel near you. Funny I bring it up, movies, because uh, I've been meaning to talk about it. It's the 30-year anniversary this week of Goodfellas. Mm. The Martin Scorsese classic that I didn't realize was a dud when it was first released. I didn't know that either. I didn't either. Mm. It did not do well at all. It grew in uh it has grown over the years in in legend and appreciation. Did not do very well. A cult classic if you will. Y- yeah. More or less. But with that star lineup and that director you wouldn't think that would be the case, but he'd made a couple of terrible movies in a row. Mm. Uh I don't I have it off the top of my head, but a couple of movies in a row that that were people didn't like. One of them I'd completely forgotten about. So he wasn't a big deal. It wasn't like ooh, a new Scorsese movie. He had he had had a. This was like going to save his career or, or or not. It might be the end of Martin Scorsese. Interesting. And he put this movie together, and um and uh the the big um studio heads thought it was way too violent and all that sort of stuff, and mm. he decided to stick with the idea, and of course it has become, it is it is definitely among the greatest movies of all time, wouldn't you say, Goodfellas? I mean, it's clearly. It's, yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's a, it's a fabulous movie. Oh, and, oh, and the point of this article about it was, <clears throat> it launched The Sopranos. There's no Sopranos without Goodfellas, and, mm. and a whole bunch of other different movies and shows, and practically invented a genre. Yeah. Or a, or a type of movie. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but it did not win. It was did get nominated for Best Picture, even though it didn't do very good at the box office and a lot huh. of critics didn't like it. It got nominated for Best Picture and lost to... God, I'm going to have to look it up because it's hilarious who it lost to. Well, it gives you... Not, it, it's, it should be the final word in Ignore the Oscars. Yes. Who well, lost you made to, a great but, point. You tweeted the other day that you were completely done discussing the Nobel Peace Prize. Oh, yeah. Because some British parliamentarian had, uh, or whatever they call him, had nominated Joe Biden. I mean, all right. Let's nominate a ham sandwich. Let's nominate Joe Pesci because of Goodfellas. <laughs> the Dances with Wolves. Movie? Dances with Wolves. Yeah, oh, which I like. Wait that now. Movie. Wait I, a minute. I liked that movie, but I've never gone back to watch it again. It's awfully long. I, I saw so it in the theater. I saw it in the theater. That was it. People don't ever bring it up to me. Whereas Goodfellas, I've seen fifty times. 
If it's on TV, I'll always stop. I hear people quote it practically on a daily basis. So, eh. Yeah. It's not like it was a pig of a movie, Dances with Wolves. No, it was more of a wolf of a movie. I mean, if you like dancing wolves. Or or pigs. Unless they get diseased, then you got to separate them. Okay, it's unfair to not let movie buff Sean throw out a a movie or two. Uh, Possibly just because it's on the top of my mind, but I think it's easily the movie I've seen the most in my life. Uh, Princess Bride. I actually watched it again. Hmm. I think last week. I, totally it, different tone, obviously, but yeah, wonderful. It's somewhat it's different, different than Goodfellas. A little bit, a little bit. Yeah. Um, if I'm gonna go full pretentious on you, the best movie that nobody's oh, here ever we go. Dust no, Boot. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yes, definitely. The best movie nobody's <laughs> ever heard of is City of God. Um, it is a uh, story. It is. It's a foreign film, so you got to read the subtitles. Um, but it's about uh the, the the favelas in Rio de Janeiro in the 70s, and two young kids taking differing paths. One kind of going into the drug dealer route. One trying to get away from the, I the poverty read stuff. No movie. Uh, uh, yeah, understandable. If you get past that, and it, it is hyper violent. It is. Uh, oh boy. Yeah, it, it's one of those. But uh, a brilliant movie, and uh, yeah, truly enjoyed that. So that, that's my pretentious creed out of the way. You know, I'm looking at the uh, top ten greatest best picture snubs of all time, and uh, so far, I agree with the. Uh, I agree with the movies that got picked. Oh, really? <laughs> I don't think it was a snub, but. I'll keep trying. Let's see. Uh, high noon. Well, the the one of the problems uh-huh. with awards for art that's so stupid is the fact that uh, you can have a year where you know there wasn't anything that's going to be memorable forever. Then you can have a year where three were made. <laughs> it's just that's the way art works. And also, right. one, one of the weird things about art is what makes it relevant is how well it communicates the message ten years after it was made. Five years after it was made. On uh, the old test of time test. And it's very hard to predict that in the year it was released. Shakespeare in Love should have never been a best That's picture. That's the one I was trying that's to think of. That's the most of. embarrassing best picture of all Over time. Saving Private Ryan. Oh, yeah, that's just, yeah, I want to fight somebody when I hear that. Yeah, okay, so number four on that in this list I'm looking at from CBS, what do they know? Goodfellas beaten out by dances, Mitt Wolves. Oh, let's see. Oh, they think uh, Shawshank being beaten by Pulp Fiction was wrong. I don't know. Pulp Fiction's pretty brilliant. But so Shawshank, as you say. Why do we have to pick one? Stupid. That year was stacked. You have a favorite movie there, Michael? Uh, 1941 by Steven Spielberg. I don't know if you remember. It's a historical film. Yes, with John Belushi. I saw it in the theater, unfortunately. Let's see. Let me finish this list. Number That's a two, terrible movie. Oh the English God. Patient beating out Fargo, they think, was wrong. Um, yes. And that, that's another tough one, because Fargo's obviously brilliant. Fargo's got to win that. But I like The English Patient. Oh, many you people. Did? Yeah. Huh. Yeah. I, like, I found the one. I, I like Slow. Oof. It was that. I do like Slow. Well, and here is a, uh, a politically correct uh, choice. But the more I think about it, Fargo's clearly the winner over that. I mean, just without doubt. Often, Crash is pointed out as one of the worst Best Picture winners of all time. I've never seen it. I've seen a substantial part of it and lost interest, but that beat out Brokeback Mountain. Yeah. That's the gay cowboy film. So the, so the year that uh, Shawshank lost to, what did it lose to? Or, or no, Shawshank beat out Pulp Fiction. Uh, Forrest Gump and Quiz Show, also in that same year. Oh, I oh. thought Shawshank lost it. I got it backwards. Or I, I don't know. I, yeah, uh, whichever one got snubbed. I was just trying to point out that the, the stacked field of that year was just the same remarkable. year as Forrest Gump. Wow. Yeah. yeah. And Quiz Show. Quiz Show is a great movie. That is a really interesting movie. I I heard people ranting and raving about that movie, and it was 
well, it's about a guy who gets on a quiz show and the rest of it. And I thought, I don't give a damn. I don't care about quiz shows. <laughs> like most movies. Why no, you're open-minded. It, <laughs> it turns out it's about human beings and their frailties. Oh, oh. It's about a marriage. I don't want to watch a movie about a marriage. I'm married. He's married. Everybody's married. <laughs> Who'd watch that crap? <laughs> Hilarious. Check out the great new swag like the new masks at armstrongandgetty.com. You're listening to the best of the Armstrong and Getty Show. Information. This is the best of Armstrong and Getty. Featuring our podcast, One More Thing. Available everywhere. Get more info at armstrongandgetty.com. So uh, it was uh, fairly recently. I can't remember exactly what was going on, but I I found myself in one of those just foul frames of mind. Hmm. Um, I'm definitely the sort of personality that can get a little negative and, and dwell on the negative and the rest of it. We were actually talking about this during the radio show. How you have to consciously focus on the positive things. I think it may be, uh, maybe deep within our DNA to just focus on threats and problems. Well, but, but clearly more so for some people than others. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. I know some people who at least outwardly are super sunshiny mm-hmm. and positive. Sometimes I wonder, I actually know somebody, I'm not going to out them, but came off as that way for years and years and years, and I knew them very well. And then it turned out, no, they were very troubled and, what's the right word? Mm, Just way darker than I'd imagined. And the sunshiny thing was a way to keep people away Hmm. from figuring that out. Hmm. Um, So now I'm never sure. I'm never sure, you know, what people's public face is or how are you, how accurate it is. I wish I was, the, the, the smart thing to do is to let things you have no control over just pass right through you instantly. And mm. I've known people who can do that. I can't. I have to, I have to work at it. Yes. Yeah. I'm, and I'm finally at the point that I'm pretty good at working at it. I used to be terrible at it. You know, it'd make me nuts. Stuff I had no control over. And frankly, once they were in the rearview mirror, it just didn't matter anyway. Mm-hmm. But anyway, like I've said many times, I was born annoyed. I came <laughs> out of the, I came out of the womb vexed. <laughs> But so I was in a really foul negative frame of mind one day, and I, I went clicking around on the Internet, and um, I found this, and it's actually a, a, one of my favorites now on, uh, on my phone, so I can always find it. It's uh, 10 Ways to Cheer Yourself Up When You're in a Bad Mood. I thought I'd hit you with some of these. Uh, and, and, and they're not... Number one, whiskey. Number two, vodka. Number three. Yeah, well, I've tried that, and it's a bit of a short road. Uh, but number one, and that's why I like this list. It's not for dumb, cheerful people. It's for the complicated and angsty among us. Number one, feel it. Dr. Jim Bolt-Taylor is a neuroanatomist. Hmm. Yeah, neuroanatomist. A brain scientist who studies the anatomy of the brain. She had a stroke. She watched her brain function shift and alter. She watched how her brain processed or didn't process stimulation. She found out that if she let herself feel an emotion, it would pass in about 90 seconds. So don't avoid what, you've, what you're feeling in the hopes it will just go away. It won't. It will uh, if you let, your feel, uh, let yourself feel it. Yeah, that's pretty. there's pretty solid science on that, I think, and uh, I believe it. It's uh, still not my natural uh, reaction either. Is that uh, if something happens you, uh, that you will have an emotional reaction to, you're going to have that emotional reaction. You don't get to pretend. You don't get to not. 
it is, you can put it off. It can come out in an inopportune, uh, not very productive way later on down the road, but it's yeah. going to happen. Yeah, it's so, going to happen. In layman's terms, how would you describe that? Then do you, is it just that you say, look, I'm angry. I'm really angry. I'm admitting I'm angry. I'm feeling it. I'm going to be angry for a minute. I, it, I have found identifying it verbally is a big help for me personally, saying, well, what yeah. you're feeling right now is frustration, and that's making you short-tempered. Or, uh, yeah. yeah, I don't know. I can almost picture in my mind the, um, uh, the, the, the physical, like if I was pushing something away, mm-hmm. and I just try not to do that. Okay. This is something that should make you sad. Be sad about it. Yes. As opposed to being angry about it tomorrow or sad about it a year from now or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Number two thing, uh, observe things as a witness to what you sense rather than as what you sense. You'll tap into that part of you that exists above and beyond your funk. You'll go beyond reaction and into the ability to respond. So just step outside yourself and say, okay, you're, you're feeling this physically. You're feeling this emotionally. You're doing this right now. And if you can separate yourself, and, and I've done that, um, it helps. Well beyond my funk is, uh, that was my third album that I released. <laughs> and underrated, Sean. Yeah. Cruelly underrated. It was very experimental. I understand it's, you know, first listen, it, it could be tough, but I think, I think there's something there. Yeah. I did have a therapist say to me one time, uh, years ago. And I've had one therapist of several that I've seen in my life that I felt did any good whatsoever. And it reminds me of Woody Allen's book, who is a f- sort of famous for seeing therapists. You know, he always in his movies, he's always on the couch. He's been taking his therapy his whole life, and he doesn't believe it's done him any good. Wow. He thinks it's wow. mostly just a waste of time in my <laughs> yeah. And I think that most of the time it is for most people. I really do. Uh, yeah. I, I think I've done enough now that I can... That I can say without, you know, you're the kind of guy who just doesn't believe in it. No, I've tried a bunch of it. There's a bunch of crap out there. Mm. Tons of crap. I've had enough for me and my family, my kids, everything like that. There's a lot of crap. But anyway, a therapist said to me uh, once when I was explaining something and how's it make you feel? You should feel that way. That's the way any normal people person would feel when this has happened to them. And right. I, for, for, for some reason, for me, that was like a light bulb. I mean, it was like, a, yeah, I suppose that does make sense. Well, yeah. I'm acting like this is, you know, some everybody in the world, if this happened to them, they would feel this. This is not a character flaw. No, this there is, is nothing wrong human. with me. Right, yeah. yeah, yeah it's yeah. almost like you haven't eaten for six hours, so you're hungry. It's just a perfectly normal. What do you expect to happen? Yeah, yeah, scenario? exactly. Woody Allen also was my favorite joke about uh, therapists. After 12 years of going to my therapist, he said something to me that brought tears to my eyes. <laughs> no hobbling, Lacey. <laughs> Uh, let's see. All right, uh, number three way to cheer up if you're in a bad mood. Master your mind or just give it a little test run. The verbal part of our mind processes about 40 bits of information per second. The nonverbal part of our brain processes about 11 million bits of information per second. Wow. So when the verbal part of your mind is telling you everything sucks, it's not basing that conclusion on very much information. Simply noticing that your thoughts are not serving you and knowing that your thoughts are not based on the whole truth can help you find freedom from them. In other words, think of your thoughts as one voice, if you will, one person's opinion. And there are lots of other opinions that you ought to be listening to. Don't listen exclusively to that one voice. Mm, it's full of crap. I've heard people say, don't believe everything you think, which is a, which is a good one. That is a good one. A number four is easy to understand. Rock your body. One way to move past your thoughts oh, is to move. I'm rocking my body right now. Oh, stop it. Oh, put that away. 
uh, is to uh, move your awareness somewhere else. Get your groove on. Dance. Uh, uh, well, dance, yeah. Um, I don't dance. I will not dance. You can't make me dance. That would if make you've... you feel better? <laughs> Having people mocking my dancing would make me feel better? Well, I would dance like no one was watching because nobody would be watching if I'm dancing, trust me. Uh, number five, clear the slate. You can meditate in lots of different ways. Walking, breathing, mild mindfulness, sitting. Any way that works is for you is good. Let yourself be with anything other than your thoughts, inhaling peace and exhaling the funk. Playing the guitar does that for me because I'm not good enough to be able to play without having to really concentrate hard, and so mm. I can't help but if I play something, it clears out everything else. Exhaling the funk was the the, the double disc of my uh, Beyond My Funk album. <laughs> and that, it, was, it was a double album. That, to me, cruelly overrated. It was <laughs> unlistenable. So when you put them together, I had an average-rated double album. Right, exactly. the funk. <laughs> Armstrong and Getty. You're listening to the best of the Armstrong and Getty Show.